Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And welcome back to the House of Pod. I'm Kaveh. Thank you for joining us on this fun little humor-adjacent medical podcast. You know what I'm thinking about doing? I'm thinking about changing my introductions a bit. I, I'm gonna, I don't know if you guys out there ever use the app Headspace. It's this meditation app. And the guy who does it, it's this British guy, he's really calming. I think I'm just gonna do I'm just gonna copy him. I'm gonna start introducing myself like this. Hi, I'm Andy from Headspace. <laughs> Pretty good, isn't it? That's not bad at all. Hi. Hi, I'm Kaveh from the House of Pod. Joining me today on this episode about college, college baby, we got two special guests. One, Dr. Tyler Black, returning champ, psychiatrist, suicidologist, all-around mensch. Tyler, welcome back. Thank you for having me, sir. It's always good to see you, buddy. It's always good to see you. I'm glad your Lakers lost. Yes, um, I'm glad. Sorry to say that your Warriors lost. Okay, fair, well. fair. Um, joining us also to talk about college, because you and I, it's been a while since we've been in college. Joining us to talk about college is someone who's actively experiencing college. Uh, the listeners haven't heard from him in about a year. Intern Allie. Allie. Wow. Buddy, welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. It's been a while. It's been a long yeah. time. I don't even know if I was in college when I was here last. No, you were not. Now you're in it. You're in it, baby. Tell us, let's, before we, uh, get to sort of the the news of the day just real quick tell us what year in college you are uh i just finished my sophomore year so i'm going to my third year of college um and you know i've, I've experienced it you know now i've now i've done the dorms now i've done the apartments so and i'm kind of really getting into the uh the real special upper division classes mm, yeah the meat of it may have my summer i just finished so all right. Okay. Before we get to that, because I do want to talk about college, I, I, I do want to talk about uh, how it's changed, what it's like, you know, what the last couple of years have been like, especially during COVID, and um, talk about the stresses of college. But before we do that, I think we have to discuss the news of the day. So uh, there's always uh, interesting things happening on Twitter, and Twitter has been a pretty awful place for a long time now. It was awful, if we're being honest, before Elon took over, but it's gotten worse. And today, was a day so bad that I think a lot of us in medicine just felt icky about even being there. And I'll explain what happened. Because Ali, you're not on Twitter. Like you're like the youth is not on Twitter anymore, right? A little bit. I I, I peruse. I browse. You're you're mostly on what Instagram? Yeah, no, not not, not too much. Uh, I was, but now it's no longer around. So no, yeah. too bad. If you were back on Vine. I'd be all over that. Was there too. All right, so let me tell you a little bit about what happened. So, okay, uh, first, I think we have to talk about one of the central characters of this, a, a guy named Peter Hotez. He's uh, an American phys physician. Have you heard of him, Ali? Uh, no, I have not. So he's kind of a well-known guy. You've probably seen him talking on, like, CNN or MSNBC and maybe rarely um, seen, like, someone on, like, Fox, like, yelling at him. He's an American pediatrician. He's pretty much recognized as a, not pretty much, he's recognized as an expert and 
global health vaccines. He's a professor at Baylor. He's worked on vaccines for years, like hookworm, schistosomiasis, Chagas disease. These are all things you're going to have to learn about, my friend, because you're pre-med. We'll get to that soon. But also, he's been working on, on a, a patent-free COVID vaccine, by the way, and he worked on that, and that's been delivered to millions of people uh, worldwide. And he seems like an all-around decent dude, but he's gotten like this tremendous amount of online hate, a lot of it anti-Semitic, a lot of it just he's become a focus, a lightning rod for a lot of these people who are against the vaccine. Um, and he recently has been vocal uh, about you know this recent interview that Joe Rogan did with RFK Jr. We have a recent episode about that. I will refer our listeners to to learn more about RFK Jr. Um, basically, he tweeted out a Vice article that was critical of that interview and how you know it, Rogan was allowing for RFK Jr. to come on and further promote the false links between autism and vaccines and thiomersal. Or you can go back to the, the RFK Jr. Uh, episode to, to hear the debate about the pronunciation but he was critical about it and then rogan basically in like true bro fashion billionaire bro fashion called him out and was like dude come on the show and debate with him or you're a pussy come on the show and debate and i'll give you a hundred thousand dollars to the charity of your your choosing or you're a pussy and then like some other billionaires like bill ackman and Steve Kirsch and other billionaires, which really apply. This is no better example of why we need a wealth tax than this very example. But anyways, these guys all sort of like uh, jumped in on him. Elon, of course, gets in on the action too. And he's like, oh, maybe he doesn't like charity. He's wrong about this stuff. Um, and this all leads to basically this pretty nice seeming pediatrician being stalked outside of his home on Father's Day and being harassed and taunted by uh, Rogan bros who are like, why won't you debate him? And I, uh, I have some thoughts about this, but first, let me just let me just ask you, uh, Tyler, should do you think Peter Hotez, <clears throat> esteemed physician, yeah. should go on the um, <laughs> podcast of the guy who was famous for making people eat like yeah. sheep's testicles and spiders to <laughs> debate? <laughs> Am I leading? Is this a leading question? Like, is, should he it, go? Should he go on the? Uh, tell me the truth, honestly. What do you think? Should he go and do this <laughs> debate with RFK Jr.? Well, categorically, no. But I, I want to start by saying um, Peter Hotez is not doing this on a whim. Um, he's written a book that I recommend everybody buy. It's called "Vaccines Did Not Cause Rachel Autism's My My Journey as a Vaccine Scientist, Pediatrician, and Autism Dad." In that book he takes on rfk he takes on all of the sort of links between autism and and vaccines that have been purported by these shyster shill absolutely fraudulent retracted and disgraced scientists um, and there's no other way to describe all of the scientists who've tried to make a link between autism and childhood vaccines absolutely scum retracted awful, completely reprehensible scientists. And of course, when you're a parent who has a child with autism and you buy into this for a second, guess what happens to you as a parent? You feel like you literally harmed your child, that your choices set your child on a lifetime of barriers and systemic discrimination. And we don't look at autism as a disease um, and definitely patients with autism will tell us all the time uh, that they don't wanna be seen the same way that we look at um, uh, other disabilities because there are ways to live a good life with autism, but we know that autism is a spectrum. And as it, as it gets to the more functionally impaired versions of autism, it can be really hard. Um, of course, there's lots of brilliant autistic people out there doing all sorts of things. So this is not Peter Hotez just talking about RFK casually or, um, you know, I don't, uh, you know, just taking on misinformation abstractly. This has been misinformation that harmed him as a dad when his child was diagnosed with autism. And, and <clears throat> you watch this um, RFK Joe Rogan interview, which doesn't just talk about the link between vaccines and autism or the COVID response with vaccines. It talks about 
Wi-Fi and cancer and 5G and cancer and all sorts of CIA conspiracy theories about JFK Jr. and all these like it is just like he's just he's a, he's a conspiratorial nut. And here's what happens if you go on a debate. And Kave, we haven't practiced this, but I'll let you be Peter. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. And okay. I'll be RFK. And I want you to say some statement like, I don't know, the science shows us that uh, there's no link between, uh, we haven't been able to find a link or something like that. The science has been very clear on that matter. I don't know actually how he sounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've read some of this stuff, but I don't know how he sounds. So I assume he's, actually, no, I have heard him. He, he talks sort of like this. The science is very clear on the matter. We don't have any any link that's ever been proven between autism and uh, the vaccines that we've given, which have saved countless lives. Right. But you're not talking about the link between mercury and autism, and not to mention the fact that there was a whistleblower report in, in, in 2018 that showed that the CDC hid a study linking thimerosal to autism. As well, we have 650 patients sworn testimony telling us that autism um, is linked to their childhood vaccine. In fact, they didn't have any symptoms of, of autism before. This is this is a, a conspiracy. It starts with pharma and it goes all the way to the bottom. And I wonder, uh, Dr. Hotez, if you have anything to declare with respect to your financial interests. Um, you know, right, we've exactly. Been very, that's we've what been, I thought. Uh, um, okay, thought. well, um, uh, See, <laughs> that's, this is what I mean. So there's there's two things that happens when you try to bring science into a debate like this, especially with these people. Number one, you're going to get gishgalopped. Gishgalop is a phrase used in um, science misinformation where someone presents to you four or five things to refute at once. And of course, your your burden um, goes up just immensely trying to refute just one of them. Right. Um, uh, but that, that ties into the other, my favorite principle, which is Brandolini's law or the bullshit asymmetry principle, which means if you say something like 600 parents uh, said that their autism started right after the vaccine, right. the amount of work it takes to overcome that is hard because you have to explain the nature of anecdotal evidence right. and how does science tease these things out and what do we do with a signal like that? But then he can just move right on to the next thing and throw yeah. another bit of easy bullshit out of you. It is the worst idea in the world. If it was a neutral space that let you get all the evidence uh, beforehand and read someone else's thing and be fact checked and be fact checked. Yeah, yeah. But the way they fact check, no, is they it just can't. Google shit. They Google yeah. it. Yeah, J- yeah. He, oh, Jamie, could you Google this? Um, <laughs> I'm surprised they're not typing in a chat, chat GPT at this point. I mean, they're just they're not fact checking at all. This is. It's the absolute wrong thing to do to it, debate someone like this. Ali, it's not how medicine and practice in medicine is altered or changed. We don't debate in that sort of way. You know, there are people who have different opinions. There are opinions that change over time. Practices can change over time. But that's through peer-reviewed studies. That's through people like producing literature that can be fact-checked. That's how it works. It's not through this presidential candidate who is a lawyer, by the way, and is used to rhetorical arguments, arguing with a man who's dedicated his life to helping kids through the practice of medicine. I, I One thing I feel very confident about is if you were to take like the, the most famous, who, who would you say, Tyler, is the most famous creator of vaccines of all time? Uh, I mean, like in terms of scientists, probably like Salk would be the one that you think of the most. I yeah. bet you he was a shit rhetorical arguer (laughs) i bet you the guy if you put him into a room with a lawyer he would get creamed and then people would be like oh i guess the vaccines suck (laughs) vaccines suck dick because sock this guy couldn't that's not what he was there for you know that's not what he did it's like that's not how you we make the decisions it's a nice ability to have to win an argument but that's not how we practice medicine you practice medicine by proving the science and not proving it an argument where you can do this exact this gish gallop or all these other sort of rhetorical tools to to win an argument and that's mm-hmm. rogan loves that shit obviously mm-hmm. because it's and antithetical to to rogan and musk and all those people like sock when he did the polio vaccine he specifically chose not to patent it that was like a decision he made he yeah. created a life-saving world-changing vaccine and basically i think his quote was something like could you patent the sun when someone asked him if he was going to try and, and patent this? It was that important to the world. Uh, of course, 
um, he would he probably he probably lost billions of dollars in yeah. in in not patenting it. But what what a what a absolute challenge to something like Elon Musk or Joe Rogan or any one of these you know uh, people like a like a, what's his face this this guy Steve Kirsch who's really just a no he's just a really weird nobody yeah. but um very rich. They would all they would all talk about you know money talks and money is the leader. These are all crypto bros. These are all people who believe that that money is the way that you solve these problems. Let's look at the betting markets and decide whether or not autism is, ca is caused by vaccines. I mean, these are just right. just just the opposite of the type of public scientist that Sock and Hotez are. Hotez, his he's a he's a great scientist. He does takes on misinformation regularly. He founded a journal for neglected tropical diseases. I mean, this is a man who's dedicated to helping the world out of its infectious disease problem and to have him be attacked like this is just i'm so angry this made me want to quit twitter more than anything that's happened on twitter this last weekend uh, it's been so disheartening today today was a real bummer yeah. for for twitter for for us yeah. and um if you're interested you could go to either my feed or i'm sure tyler's feed and you could see the the comments left behind <laughs> by these uh these elon musk stands so uh Ali, this is the world that you are choosing to become a doctor in. Are you fucking crazy? I think there's just a certain amount of people that you can't even do anything. These, these kinds of people, like you're talking about with all these debates, these people go into these podcasts with this narrative they built up in their head and the narrative that they kind of they can just kind of counter everything that you say because they have some random, you know, like, mental gymnastics thing like multi-step oh what about this thing or you're just lying like they're, they're suppressing the data and then when you get to that point what can you do with these people and you know the people they'll always be people who you know will harass you and be horrible and i think it's been worse in the recent years especially because now we have twitter which is a source that millions of people use and it's used owned by this insane person who is just using it as a platform for more insane people and it's going to get going to get worse but you know you're always going to need dream I mean, doctors and people in medicine and you know, has it affected uh, your interest in it though because i mean you first decided to become a doctor a long time ago when you were very young and you still are very young and you started the process before this covid and this this really strange backlash that we've experienced against public health uh and and physicians like um, which again, I want to make it clear, this is not the majority of the country. It's a sizable population um, and a very vocal one. But has that uh, decreased your drive at all, do you think? I think that this might be like a little naive to say this, but I feel like all this stuff at these people has kind of almost made me want to to, to do it more. Like, would it matter to these people who are so adamant on saying that, like, vaccines are going to chip you and they're going to cause autism, they're going to destroy the country? Will it? Would it matter if I knew what I was talking about or not? Probably not, because they don't. <laughs> but it, 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 in a way, it makes me kind of just want to know what I'm talking about so I can more, you know, effectively combat these people and this misinformation. Uh, and maybe that's naive. Maybe I haven't dealt with these people enough. To the, and maybe in like ten years, if I keep going down this path and I deal with so many people, I'm just gonna be so done with it. No, but Ali, Ali, that's the way. I'll tell you right now. Um, it is really easy to say, um, you know, we can't do anything. This, this is too loud. But we need people who care about good science and caring for others and and being, you know, altruistic in our motivations and and wanting to wanting to do the best for the people that we work with and. We definitely need people, um, you know, we need people in this fight. Yeah. You, no. you know, what's interesting to me is how different the Ali's generation is going to be in regards to oh. how they approach this problem. Like, I, I mean, for us, it was really surprising, I think, for most of us, like this backlash. Uh, and, and it shouldn't, you could argue very well that it shouldn't have been. But, you know, I felt like it was. Now they're coming into this world, starting up seeing what's happened to infectious disease doctors, the public health doctors, to, to seeing the backlash against some of these things. So uh, I wonder how that's going to affect them. I wonder how the that generation is going to be. Do, do you feel like, um, and both of you guys can can give me an answer to this, do you feel like the 
generations coming up now in medicine are going to have a different identity or they're going to be less surprised? I think, um, I think so. I think these people, anybody who wants to be a doctor now, first of all, made it through the first wave of all these people going crazy about this, this like backlash against public health and all this. So if they want to still go into medicine, assuming they're not somebody who's like, I'm going to cham, I'm going to be a whistleblower. I'm going to destroy the industry or whatever. Um, they've already made it past that. So obviously they're, they're, they're genuine enough in wanting to be a doctor. And I think that just everyone now is going to be so exposed to all these different opinions that maybe, you know, like 20 years ago, you would hear from like some random guy, but you wouldn't hear this like chorus of these crazy people on Twitter or on social media, like amplifying each other. So I think now everyone kind of, kind of knows what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. But I think mm-hmm. that's, but I think that's a good thing because if you're, if you know what you're getting into and you still want to go into it, then you really are dedicated. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Tyler, what, what, did, what advice do you have for the young generation, <laughs> the, the young, the youth in medicine? What, what advice do you have for pre-meds, for nurses, people interested in public health coming up in the world now? And you, you know this as well. Um, we, it is so easy to enter medicine. I think most people enter medicine with high ideals and you can see people, um, that you can model your career off of, whether they're professors or, or um, supervisors or, or doctors that you work with in the community. Or podcasters. You listen or to. podcasters. Yeah. Um, and every class, every group, you know there's that, those, those few people that just give their all. They're lovely, amazing people who are the kindest to their patients and the most helpful teachers. And they're just you you want to find those people where you're working and spend time with them and not just think about the stuff that they're teaching you but how could they be doing that after 20 or 30 years in practice how could they still be that you know i can imagine being a resident under peter hotez you know he's got the bow tie and he's always so passionate and he's always like he always talks so um so passionate about science and those types of things um but you know, there's a reason because it's, it's regenerative. Um, the, the pathway of take care of yourself, get the money you can don't teach, you know, it's just a waste of your time because you don't make money or whatever it is. That pathway is a pathway of burnout. It's a pathway of, 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 of feeling like you're just a cog in a wheel. Like it really does make a difference to put your all into it. And if you can find those, those preceptors, those profs that you can tell they put their all into it, don't just learn from them and the content, but learn how they got there. How, why Why are they like that? Why are they able to do that at year after year after year, a new crop of residents? And each time those residents feel like they're special to that, to those, those, those teachers and those supervisors. And so I just say, just make sure you, you realize that you, the same filter that you apply to to friends you meet in class, the, the same filter that you apply to, to, you know, uh, people you'd meet at work, uh, apply that to your preceptors and teachers. Remember that teachers can teach you the wrong stuff too. Mm, and, that's, uh, and that's, that's the most important thing to me. That's great advice. Um, all right. Let's, let's uh, segue into more general discussion at this point about uh, youth culture and, and uh, what it's like being in college in 2023. So uh, Ali, we're not going to say where you're going to call it. We'll say it's in California. It's a university here in California. And you've been uh, here for, you, as you mentioned, you're coming into your third year. So you've had a real experience so far. But how would you compare? I know it's hard because it's the only one you've had. But how, how do you feel COVID has affected uh, your college experience? Good and I'm assuming mostly bad. Well, uh, I got I did get lucky and I was I did go into college at you know, not at the very peak when everything was online. So I got a little bit of that experience, but there's definitely those remnants there throughout my freshman year and even going into my sophomore year. Uh, every week we'd have these, uh, every two weeks we do surveys and testing and it would be a lot of stuff and they would always make people, um, make people carry around like a pass or you know, approved little things so you could get in all these campus facilities. So, you know, in, in the context of it took more of my time, you know, there was that. There's a lot more focus on that. But I think um, 
when coming into college from going in you know, the last two years of my high school, basically online. And when going into college, I think that did kind of create people who were um, a little bit like stuck in high school, but also huh. at the same time, I'm not going to name names, obviously, but <laughs> and, yeah. but also have people who are really, um, who were kind of still having to get used to going back to in-person again. There, It was kind of a big jump to go from, being able to just kind of stay in my bed and take classes from my bed to going to classes every day or every other day to the point where even now I still like wake up for my class at like 11 and wonder how I went to class at eight for every day for four years of <laughs> high school. Um, you, you know, uh, that's an interesting, that's an interesting point that there's sort of a stunted growth uh, potentially for some of these kids uh, who had a weird high school that experience. Do you feel like those people have caught up at this point or are catching up after a year or two of college? I think, I think so. I think there, I, I think of course, you know, you get to some people, there's just some people, but I think there are people who have. Planning for your next trip, elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Definitely had to, like, outgrow their high school drama and sort of stuff like that I mean again for me and a lot of people in my class our high school experience kind of ended at sophomore year of high school going into junior year we had maybe the whole year of online senior year we had maybe half a semester of in-person so a lot of people were kind of just thrown into uh, thrown into that and kind of had a lot of their developmental stuff cut off I feel you know, mm-hmm. and I definitely feel like I kind of experienced that as well. It was hard to go just to being totally online for like two years. And of course, I'm not saying we shouldn't have. I would like to make that clear. I am totally on board with, you know, COVID safety. But of course, of course it, to say that it didn't impact people is, would be a lot. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, Tyler, you talk about that a lot. I mean, you talk about the, I mean, none of us, no one is sugarcoating the impacts of what the original right. quarantines look like and what that shift is. I, no one's no one's sugarcoating that. Uh, how do you respond to people online who will say, or in real life for that matter, who will say, uh, this is what you doctors did. You guys, mm-hmm. affect, you ruined this kid's life. The thing that people get um, a, a little bit, you know, um, when they're they're making this argument, they forget that the counterfactual to the interventions we did to prevent COVID is not, we didn't do those interventions and there was no suffering. It's very likely we didn't do those interventions and there was more suffering because we know for sure all of the interventions, whether it's stay at home, wash your hands, uh, which, you know, for a respiratory virus maybe wasn't as important as we first thought it was, but it's still not nothing. Um, Wear a mask, don't go out if you're sick, don't don't have schools if if we can do online school during a period of high transmission don't do that take take vaccines these are all things that reduced transmission of the virus and some of them like vaccines are directly linked to dying less so with if we didn't do those things we're not we're not in a world where everything was the way it was before we're likely in a world where at some point alley school would have been shut down to due to an outbreak yeah. And it wouldn't be planned. It would be now there's no classes for two weeks and we'll see what happens, you know, or, you know, or a whole bunch of teachers get sick or, or, or one of the profs dies or, you know, whatever it is, you know, like this idea that 
undoing the things we did to protect people from COVID would 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 not change the calculations in death and transmission is just ridiculous. Yeah. Of course, anti-vaxxers love to hang on to, you know, the vaccines didn't stop transmission that much. They didn't do it as much as we hoped, but it was still bigger than zero. Like it was yeah. vaccine effectiveness was in the 40s for preventing yeah. transmission. Um, masks, vaccine transmission effectiveness, probably in the 20s or 20s to 40s, depending on the quality of mask. Um, staying at home during periods of high transmission, probably 50 to 70% vaccine uh, trans transmission of e e efficacy in terms of preventing. So these are all things that added to reduce death and burden. And so, um, you know, I would say you know, to people who think like that, likely the scenario is if we didn't do th things, it would have been much worse. And yeah. And that, you know, that's just the reality of a pandemic. Pandemics suck. It's a really <laughs> shitty thing. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Ali, how do, how do you respond to that? Ali, what's your response? Let's fight. Let's debate. I agree. I agree. I think entirely. Sucks. Yeah. Sorry. I don't have any, uh, any, any random like studies from 20 years ago. They're just proven to throw at you. But I agree. Yeah. I agree very much so with all that. I think it made as, as somebody who, uh, was very aware of all this going on during the pandemic. I think it was so maddening to me to see people talk about, and I hope I'm not, I don't think I'm getting too specific, like what are the odds somebody from my high school listened to this, but there's a period where everybody on campus was like, we're going to come to school without our masks and protest. And I got so, me and many others got so mad. And there, it was just such this, this period of, of even though it sucks, um, it's only two years of our lives. I mean, come on. I think it was ridiculous that people got so out of like, so like obviously it impacted people. I think um, like, you know, a lot of people didn't get a lot of high school experiences that you see, like I didn't get a prom. A lot of people didn't get a prom, stuff like that, which whatever, right. It, people, people, people didn't die. So it's okay. I agree with all of that where even if, even though there were some negative consequences and maybe stuff didn't work as well as people hoped, it's always worth it if it could like, you know, than better than doing nothing you're a, you're a you're a good kid ali you're low maintenance <laughs> you're low drama and i mean you shouldn't also and these things are are true they're both true that it was important and a lot of the decisions were made were the right ones to make and that it sucked for you guys in particular for particular yes, groups it sucked it more than others so even you know, in my absolutely. even in my area, you know, I, I focus a lot on suicide and 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 the changes of suicide during the pandemic. The eighteen to twenty four group is the one group that we saw the strongest increase in suicides in, and I do think it was very tough on young adults, um, sort of navigating entering adulthood during the pandemic. Yeah, so what no. what are Ali? What do you think are the? I know this is a hard question to answer and probably impossible, but you talked to some of your friends before this episode and. You, you've talked to your friends, I'm sure, about things like this beforehand. What are the major stresses facing you and, and your friends in college right now? I think, um, well, <laughs> there's a lot of things. I think, uh, th I, and I'm sure this is not unique to my generation, but I think something that uh, it's always just being a lot very aware of uh especially i have some friends who are pre-med who want to be pre-med people who are going in these stem fields it is a lot of stress when you're in these classes when you get to hear these people talk about how well they do in the test and then you check your grade and you're kind of praying the curve is good um and i think another thing that i hear a lot about and again i'm sure this is not unique to us is uh is burnout and it's kind of just a feeling of general like giving up as the quarters progress or yeah, I've been some of those on a course system, I'm sure it's the same thing with semesters where there's just kind of this big drop in energy as you keep going. And I can tell you from personal experience that last, uh, those last few weeks definitely become rough and I'm sure they'll only get rougher, but you know, that's just a part of the experience. It's, 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 it's an interesting thing. I don't think the, term burnout was in my vocabulary even at college i don't think i used that to describe the the feelings i mean um I, I wonder the rest of it sounds pretty on brand with you know at least my pre-med experience which was it's extraordinarily stressful and competitive and um and and with challenging time i was at uc berkeley and that was a very very competitive uh school for the pre-meds um so I, I feel that for sure. I don't know about the burnout. 
I do feel like that might be a little different now. I feel like there might be more going on in the world um, in order to to cause that emotional burnout. Are there, and when I also, I'll say this, there was certainly not a lot of openness about seeking mental health, uh, get healthcare to, to be medicated if you needed it for things, to get counseling, to meditate, that sort of stuff. That was sort of in the realm of like, you know, like what people would consider either strange, weird, hippies left or damaged people. And now do you think it's better? Do you think people are more open about that, about like the stresses they're in, the 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 burnout that they're feeling or or depression or other things? Yeah, I absolutely think that is that is something I see a lot of people talk about. I mean, I know plenty of people who are medicated. I know people openly talk about being medicated and, and going to therapy. I think it's a very, I think um, it's a difficult topic. Of course, it's hard for people to open up about that. And it's hard um, for places to adequately provide mental health, health resources for students. I know, ask any person at UC and I'm sure they can tell you uh, that people are concerned about you know, mental health. They don't think they're getting enough resources. Uh, that, and that, um, but I do think it's being talked about more. I think it's being discussed more. I think people are taking mental health, you know, breaks and there's counseling stuff that campuses are offering. So that's always, it's always a good thing. I don't know how many people are taking advantage of it personally, but just the fact that it's available, I think is something that I, you know, is good. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting when I was in, when I was in med school, it was kind of like, you know, if if your story was, I had cancer as a kid or my mom has cancer. I'm currently going through cancer and this is why I want to become an oncologist or this is why I want to become a doctor to help others. It was like this great story that everyone would put on the letters. But if it was, you know, my family struggled with mental illness or I've struggled with mental illness or I'm still struggling with mental illness, it was like a total no-go, don't mention it. Um, and yeah. it took, you know, I, I was relatively, oh, you know, I, I never, I didn't always want to be a psychiatrist. In fact, I, I joined wanting to be an ophthalmologist. But um, uh, when I was in, when I was in first year, one of my, my third year, my, one of my very first clerkship experiences was doing internal medicine and I got my butt kicked. Um, I was, I was working a lot. I forgot to study my first exam. I had a full on panic attack. We're talking like, could not read the page, couldn't understand English panic attack. Um, just, I knew I was going to fail this test and this test was required to pass the, the state, the, the rotation. And, um, and it took me so long to admit that I was stressed and, and over the, and then I think about where my career is now, where my advice to me at that time would be, dude, reach out, get help. It's okay. Don't worry. It's just a panic attack. It's not a reflection of your knowledge, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. But, um, I do think the newer generation of, of students, um, really has a good handle on, on um, the importance of of tending to your mental health garden as well as addressing mental health issues when they come up mental health garden i like that mm-hmm. um i also think it's kind of there's something there about you like being like an ophthalmologist and there's <laughs> something about like windows to the soul or whatever um that's interesting no, no. I, eyeballs got uh, yeah i didn't mind the eyeball i'm part glad it, you did this i'm glad you I did, did not this. like the um i did not like being a surgeon man let me tell you i i i could not get into the surgical lifestyle. Yeah. Speaking of which, Ali, I know it's early and, and I'll check, we'll check in with you like annually to see where you're at, but is there a particular thing in medicine you want to do? It's crazy. Cause I was about to say, uh, I kind of want to do some surgical adjacent thing yeah. in medicine. I, I, I need to over my more. dead body, young man, <laughs> you will not bring shame to this You'll, family. He's my, you're going to focus entirely on colons and, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Obviously, the family business. Um, wait. So, uh, you maybe a subspecialty. Yeah. So, like, uh, any interest in ophthalmology or ENT? What, what is there? Is there anything in particular that you're interested in? Um. See, this is this is this is a question I need to prepare for. Um, <laughs> it's gonna. Don't worry. There's you're incredibly early on in in the in, in this process, and it's almost weird when someone knows 
for sure what they want to do this early. It's I wanted old. to be wearing scrubs and do the Peter Benton fist bump after a surgery, the fist pump that he did in the in the opening scene of ER. That was my entire motivation you, for becoming do, a doctor. Do you do that if you convince someone not to commit suicide? You're like, yeah, you like fist I wish, dance, I wish you punch I dance cool. your way down the hole. Eric LaSalle in ER was just the coolest doctor. And um, and that's why I wanted to be a surgeon because of, of, of Peter Benton from ER played by Eric LaSalle. Oh. Oh my God. No, had no impact on me. <laughs> it didn't miss me. It missed me. Uh well, that's good, buddy. I'm glad, Ali. I'm glad the, that you that you already start to think about these things. It's good. Stay open, stay open-minded about it. All right. La- last question, Ali. Uh yes. what about the parties? Like wh- what's going on? Are people still partying? I mean, I know again it's hard for you to compare. You've been there uh the last two years and things have been strange during COVID, but I'm sure you've talked to upperclassmen. Uh, and women about like what's changed over the years are are there still parties happening are they are they the same kind of big keg parties that like you know Tyler and I experienced or are they smaller are they all outdoors like h- how does it work now I know they're 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 very much still parties <laughs> they're very much still there were parties during covid people were people were raving. i think that's just kind of a constant as long as there will be frat houses and sororities there will be parties that's why they Um, exist this is why they exist yeah and uh i don't i don't know how now personally again i wasn't there during the height of covid who knows i don't know if all these places shut down i don't know if they had social distance outside parties something about me tells me they didn't but uh i can i can i can guarantee you they have gone back they are back to normal all right that's good what about drug use i mean um is it is is it marijuana is it harder stuff is it pretty common or is it pretty rare this is actually something that has kind of shocked me in recent recently um i guess when i was in high school and i was in stuff people would drink people would smoke but you know, weed marijuana but that would be it now even not even like in college people under in in high school seniors classes below me are are doing like cocaine and fentanyl's a big one i know that's a big one people have been hearing a lot about recently being laced with stuff i don't know if i was just never in the never never in the in the room or never in the the crowd that did it but i i kind of am little bit uh shocked by how how recent like how much i've heard about that in recent years i think that's definitely something maybe now could this be because of covid because because people were so bored or so doing nothing that they just kind of started to turn to more and more extreme stuff it's possible um but that is something that has actually surprised me the the the, the years below me in high school classes actually got in huge troubles because they brought like cocaine to like school events um so there's a lot of stuff like that which definitely i've found and again maybe i just haven't known people maybe i'm going to sound like someone who's like lived under a rock for years from saying this but in my experience it's definitely been kind of shocking i've Uh, found yeah not i i don't suspect that's too far off from from what our experiences were or from what i think most people's are um what what do you what do you think uh is uh, is there higher rates of of drug use yeah. now you think than than before um typically we've seen drug drug use rates come down but uh, you know I, I have in recent in recent years and i think it's very regional uh, drug use is very regional you know like uh you know like the, the epicenter of of meth use used to be like the northwestern united states and then it kind of spreads and then it gets less popular so so things move around in my neck of the woods in BC, I've been seeing a lot more stimulant abuse um, than than I've used. I'm used to seeing. Uh, so whether it's cocaine or or crushed um, prescription medications or those types of things, I've seen a little bit more of that um, in in younger people. Um, and and surprisingly, despite you know the legalization or the decriminalization or all the different pathways to open up marijuana, we haven't really seen a huge increase in the amount of of kids using marijuana. It's it's stayed pretty pretty level. Um, I think vaping has vaping is probably the one that I think is probably on the uptick. It's hard to tell because our surveys on it aren't great, but certainly it's more than replace the decline of smoking. Smoking has been coming down. Smoking cigarettes and things like that has been coming down every year for 
decades now, uh, kids have smoked less and less. But vaping, I think, has more than replaced the amount that's been coming down in the most recent years. So there's that. Um, <clears throat> overall, I always find that that the new generation is more likely to make better choices, um, less impulsive choices, and they have they go into it with more information. Um, so, you know, I, I think overall, it's still a better picture. Well, Ali, I think you're a terrific example of that. Make good choices, my friend. I have a question for Ali, because I'm Make so curious questions. what it's like being at college and being inundated with all this woke liberal bullshit. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, um, I did. I, I mean, as a serious question, like the perception of college is, especially in in right wing blogosphere and and in on Fox News and those types of things, is just this bastion of, you're not free to say anything. There's so much wokeism. You're so stifled. Nobody can speak their piece. It's all militant. You know, whatever. Um, what's your day to day experience compared to that? My well. Uh, my data. I mean, of course, I've heard all this too. This these people. I find that in general, it's fine. I mean, obviously, I am somebody who I like to think is. I hate the word woke. Woke to me is like a buzzword used by people online to just kind of generally describe like any new idea. But I would personally say I I like to think I'm pretty liberal. And to me, I have never really run into anything. I've never really seen met anybody who you go online, you see these people and they're like, I, I called somebody the wrong gender and they like, they killed me. They beat me up. Some crazy thing like that. You know, like they screamed at me for hours. I've never, <laughs> I've never experienced that. I, on any chance where that's happened, generally people will be like, Hey, this is it. And you're like, okay, sorry. And you'll move on. The, the people mm-hmm. in, even if they're, even if people are, are doing more and there, you know, there's, there's, there are more people who are able to, you know, be out, be transgender, be gay, be lesbian, be the whole LGBTQ plus. Um, even though there's, I, I, I would imagine there is more of that as people become more comfortable. I, there are, there is no, in my experience, I've never seen anybody like, oh, we've taken away their free speech. We've, we've canceled him. We've destroyed this person, whatever. That, in my day-to-day life, it has been, you know, relatively the same, I feel. And if there are people who are really getting you know, attacked, it's usually for good reason, I feel. <laughs> That's right, yeah. I I mean, it it it's funny. It's like, uh, I forget, there was this tweet that came out a while back and someone was like, man, I'm being canceled for my conservative opinions on things. So they're like, oh, you mean about fiscal management? No, not not those opinions. Oh, you mean about states' rights? No, not those opinions. Well, well, what what opinions are you being canceled for? You know the ones. You know the ones. <laughs> you know the ones. <laughs> it's it's, it's anyway. the ones that I don't want to repeat. All right, Ali, I'm really proud of you, buddy. Um, you have nothing to plug. I'm not going to let you be on social media. So nothing to plug for you except for uh, we'll have you back and you'll tell us in a year or so if you're still interested in uh, in the surgical subspecialty. Um, I'll, I'll have a year to work you uh, into the world of GI and expose you to its wonders. Um, but there was, a, there, was a, there was a lecture that I attended in medical school called The Joys and Wonders of the Anal Canal. Oh wow! Yeah, I, still awesome, I still think yeah. about that. I still think about that. Progressive, actually. Um, so, Tyler, what, uh, tell us where people can find you, and let's let's plug some stuff for you, my friend. Sure. Um, so, uh, Tyler Black thirty two on Twitter. Uh, like this crisis of consciousness weekend, I, I still hanging on by a thread, though I, I'm really disheartened to see the direction that Elon's taken stuff. Um, so, so look for me in other places. If you Google me, you'll typically find stuff. But I will say. I have started a, a blog for um, information on suicide and suicidology, which is my primary passion. It's kind of what I want to get back to. I never really entered social media space to to get into fights with anti-vaxxers online, though I don't mind debunking things. I like to stick to what I know best. And so I have created a blog for suicidology that I've been posting to, you know, with some frequency. Um, and it's at suicidology.substack.com. It's free. I'm not substacking it to make money. I'm just doing it because it's a publishing platform. And um, uh, and I try to put in good data there. I think it, there's, you know, if you're someone who's clinically interested in suicide, if you're someone who just wants to learn more about it, I always think that suicide is a very interesting topic, um, but I try to do it really good service. So I'd encourage people to, to subscribe there. I, I recommend it as well. I highly recommend it. Um, 
you guys both, I, I love you both. I'm so happy to have you on. Uh, too. For uh, people who aren't already, don't follow me on Twitter. Come to Blue Sky, which finally yeah. I'm now a part of. Uh, so follow me at KaveMD at uh, Blue Sky or whatever. Uh, I think and... I'm Tyler Black at Blue Sky, I think. I think I do have one too. Yeah, we follow. Yeah, you're not on. You're not using I'm it not yet. Doing but it we'll, yet. Yeah, I'm not we'll, doing we'll it yet. Get you, we'll get you going on that. There's been so many starts that I'm not sure if this is the one. And then. Uh, it, feels, it feels more the one than Mastodon and Post, but I can't guarantee it's the one either. If you like the show, please do leave a review. Um, and you can find us at iTunes there and you can leave a review for us. Here is uh, the most recent review from Evolution Med. Thoroughly enjoyable podcast. Lots of insight from this thought provoking and entertaining crew. And no better example than these two here with me today. Thank you so much, both of you guys. Uh, Ali, have fun. Be safe. Thank you. Thank you for having me. See you, Tyler. See you guys. Yeah. This podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult a physician or other qualified healthcare provider for your specific healthcare needs or concerns. The opinions expressed on this podcast do not represent the opinions of our employees. Details in the podcast have been changed so that patient identification is not possible. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.